right. And joining me now is my great friend, Master Gardener Barb Lampson. How are you enjoying the snow, Barb? <laughs> hey, Karen, I don't even mind the snow so yeah. much because yesterday was a phenomenal day. We had so much good news with uh, Mavericks beating yes. the Gophers. That was a great game last night. And then with the Senate confirming uh, K.B. Jackson mm-hmm. to the Supreme Court, that was great news. So I thought, wow, this is, this is amazing. I don't mind the snow because we have these two great big winds and, and just uh, kind of fluffed up my spirit. Oh, and, wonderful. And then Sunday, you know, um, I'm a great reader, and I love to read the outdoors uh, section of the free press and they had this amazing story about a group of hunters over by Northfield uh, that did some really amazing work. Uh, there was a an area over there that had uh, barbed wire in it and these hunters, several of them, their dogs at one time or another had hunted and gotten caught in barbed wire, which is just the most horrible thing if you can imagine a dog out running and doing their thing and excited and then caught and getting caught in barbed wire. Oh. It's, it's, it's just the nastiest thing. This barbed wire had been in place for a hundred years and it was never ever taken out of this wildlife area until one gentleman, Mr. Wiseman, started talking about this, and he wondered if there'd be enough people that would come and help him to get this out. They got permission from the state, oh. and 12 people, 12 men showed up uh, from the Pheasants Forever, backcountry hunters, and anglers uh, to help take down the wire. They took it uh, fence post by fence post. Uh, they rolled it up. And now they're going to take out the fence post, too, but they were still frozen the ground. But this will make this whole area of hunting out there for dogs and for people. You know, if you have wire that's uh, growing up in uh, tall grasses and and you don't see it. Oh, you, it can be very dangerous, especially, you know, snowmobilers or people on ATVs or anything, even walking, it's, it's very much. So, yeah. you know, the Pheasants Forever and, and I think it's Quails Forever groups, they do some wonderful work. They, they do, and, and, you know, the anglers um, uh, also helped them with this project, and I thought, you know, uh, I think the, the state should have been on this a long time ago mm-hmm. when they bought up this land and got this land, but thank heavens that someone realized how dangerous this is, and barbed wire, it's one of those things like, you know, it can cause so much damage. I just, I don't know. I hope in the future that, that we don't use things like that. Oh, for sure. So, well, I'm glad you share the good news. We appreciate it, as always. And well, it, it's good news this weekend. We're going to have some, some sunshine. It's going to be warmer. And I yeah. bought some pansies to have a nice little pansy bowl because they like the cooler weather. So that fluffed up my spirits to see a little color, too. Hey, I bet you I was out to the same store and I looked at the pansies and I thought, mm, okay, or should I go over there to these wonderful Asiatic dwellers? Oh. And I, it took me about two seconds to decide, i got to get some more Asiatic lilies, and I did that, brought them home. And what I'm doing now is uh, I spent some time 
since I can't be in the garden cleaning up my greenhouse. And uh, it still isn't organized like by pot sizes and things like that, but it's now clean, looking good. And the thing I've been doing in the house here, going through my seeds, and anything that's an open packet that's more than a year old, um, I'm testing to see if the germination is still viable. Ah. And and we can talk about that. It's very simple. You just take a, a few seeds and you wet a paper towel, put them in the wet uh, paper, put the seeds in the wet paper towel, fold it over, put it in a plastic bag, and then check it after a few days to see if they've germinated. And it will tell you on the package if it's five days or six days or however long. And if they have, then you know you have viable seeds. If you only have a small percentage, if you had, um, say, five seeds that you tried to germinate and only one uh, germinated, maybe those wouldn't be worth uh, putting out in the garden because there you would, you would water and you'd tend them and use all that space up and you'd have a very, very low return. But if you get, you know, like anything over 50% germination, that would be worth trying again. Well, and, and if you only have 50%, then you might want to just plant them a little thicker, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's exactly right. That's that's the way we do that. Uh, at 50%, you can do that. The same way with uh, now on the 15th, which is my starting date for seeds for me, I'm going to start the the broccoli and the cauliflower and the Brussels sprouts in the house here. I have some seeds uh, there that are two years old. And usually, you know, I read an article where depending on if you've kept them, um, I keep mine in the refrigerator, keep them packaged up. But if you've kept them either in a dry, cool place or just a cool place, they're, they're going to be viable for up to three years. But again, it depends upon the seed, and it depends on where you got the seed from in the first place. And you know, some can last for a lot longer than that, too. And, and right. I have tried my luck at some that I know. I've got packaged some that say like 2011 or something. And you know, sometimes they grow, but sometimes they don't. So you got to be willing to take that that loss if they don't, because then you're set back in your planting. So it's a matter of sometimes what I'll do is I'll take those old seeds, Barb, I'll put them in and then I'll, I'll have some new seeds and move them out, I'll put them among them. So I know that I'll get something that'll be good. Yeah. That, and it marks the spot. Right? Yeah. And sometimes seeds are very strange when they're that old. Sometimes it takes them longer to germinate yeah. too. So, so go ahead, but I'll tell you what, if you've got time now, just, uh, just try uh, seeing if you can get them to germinate in the house, and if you can, go ahead and get them planted up in your peat pots. Whenever you do that, that's normal for you. Now, I just don't like things to get too leggy, and I like to get them from that pot, harden them off outside, and then get them where they're going to be growing. So... Uh, uh, I would at least check and see the seeds if they're viable. Now, there are some things like um, zinnias, marigolds. Uh, sometimes you want to just direct seed those. Yeah. They germinate so easily out in the garden that you don't need to start them in the house. Well, and there's some like the, the zinnias that don't like to be transplanted. And there's other ones, the sergiums. Some plants, you can plant them inside, but they just don't like to be jostled at all. Their roots just like to be in the ground and and 
firm. And so I found that some of those, what happens is, is they don't do as well. And you could plant some seeds beside them and they'll catch up because the, the transplant shock for some certain plants is more um, than, than for others. And I did start a bunch of seeds. I think I, I looked at the, the date was on March 7th. And I had just yesterday, or was it the day before, I took those out of their little, because it's it's uh, potting mix, so it has no nutrients in it really much. And so I took them, they're, they're got their second leaves on them, so I transplanted them into some potting soil into, oh, about three, four inch pots. So they have a little more room to grow with that potting soil, which is uh, has some little more nutrients in it, and they're getting bigger. And so then I will leave them in there if they're still under lights because that helps a lot. But sure. then I'll transplant them outside when it gets warm enough. Yeah. And, you know, always, and you you know this. So the first time they go outside, we should put them out for just an hour. Yeah. That's after it gets warmer. And because we worry about sun scald and wind. So it's usually an hour the first day. Bring them back in two hours the next day. So you're slowly hardening them off so they can acclimate to the outside conditions. Because if you think about it inside, I mean, there's no air movement. Well, I so. do have a fan on mine, though. I, I do put a fan yeah. on my seedlings because that does s- simulate the, the movement they would have outside, and that makes them a little stronger because they have to, you know, to hold up. They, they're yeah. like, oh, we're yeah, getting, so what is true. this? We need but to But I would still say they oh. have to be outside. For sure. On, yeah, in the conditions out there. And the other thing is, in, in your house, it's um, it's warm. And at night outside, it still gets cooler. Right. So you want to keep that in mind. Hey, here I did before the snow came down. I was um, scouting my yard, and uh, to the back of my yard, which is actually, I mean, that's north. It's the northwest mm-hmm. corner. I have some tulips that are coming up. They're not the ones I planted last year. There's some older ones. They're better established, I suppose. But there they are. And I found a great big piece of mesh, and I covered them with that because, well, we don't usually get rabbits in the yard. The squirrels are just crazy. They dig all over, and I'm just afraid they might dig them up. So I have a few of those. I have the um, uh, daffodils on the east side of my house that are up about, I would say about, three inches now, mm-hmm. and that is exciting. And, of course, you know, the squirrels don't bother them and the deer don't bother them, so so that's that's happy about that. So I I never thought I was going to get anything, honestly. It's well, just so nice to see green. Well, see, now I've got mine coming up, too, but I on my Facebook, you know, sometimes it'll go back, like, what happened a year before, and I have mm-hmm. pictures from a year ago at this time when all my crocus were blooming, and so we're behind because they are just coming up out of the ground green now. So it's a little slower of a spring, and yeah. and, and that's okay. The one thing I'm glad is we have been getting some moisture because I was if things were so dry from last summer. But the key is when it gets nice this weekend, everyone's going to want to get out and start raking the lawn. They're going to want to get out in the garden. Don't do it. I don't know how many times we can say that, but you're yeah. you're going to cause more harm if you dig i've done this before because i was a- a- antsy before i thought well i'm gonna it, you know work in the soil well then what happens if it's wet it turns right. into clods that are hard as rocks and they right. don't break up or you compact it and the the plants need that that air um in there so just 
just hold yeah, off. It's, it's, it, you look at all the work you have to do, and you just say, well, maybe I could just do this. But no, absolutely yeah. do not do that. Yeah. It's just it's not worth taking a chance on. So just, just let it go, and that's fine, and, and you'll do that later on. What you can also look for and think about is uh, uh, spring flowers, uh, especially those uh, native flowers that we have. If you have anything like bloodroots or hepatica, mm-hmm. Virginia bluebells, uh, those are early spring flowers to come up. And um, it's always fun to see that they have survived and, and they get their little blooms on them. You don't find a lot of native wildflowers out in ditches or along roadways anymore. Uh, you almost have to go to some place where they've planted them. One of the places I know they've added them is out at Seven Mile Creek, oh. and there are some to be found out at Miniopa Park. So uh, you don't, it's hard to find a directory, and uh, for the most part, our public lands, our parks, and places like that, they don't tell you where the wildflowers are. Well, no, because they're worried about people picking them or digging them up, and that is a no-no. Do not do yeah. that. Yeah. As a, and as a matter of fact, Karen, any jurisdiction, public jurisdiction, whether it's federal, state, county, or township, like in the township dish, ditches when you go out in the country, it's illegal to dig plants. So, and it's illegal to dig them in the wild mm-hmm. and sell them. So if you're going to buy uh, wildflowers, you want to be sure that you're at um, a reputable dealer that is licensed to do so. Right. You know, one of the ones I've wanted to, to plant is the pink lady slipper, which is the state flower of Minnesota. And right. those are very, very rare, too. And there is a, a place up north where they raise them domestically for to, for resale, so I mean, you don't just go and dig them up, and you ha- it's they're really expensive because they're hard to grow, and that's part of my thing too. Is I don't really see them down here, so my thought is, if they're not down here, they're probably not really going to do well. So yeah. I might not spend all the extra money to do that just because I know that it's not. Right. It's probably going to be a waste of money. <laughs> the reason, you know, we had them when I lived in northern Minnesota. But we had the soil for it. Yes. Uh, they, they really love boggy areas in the woods. And I was reading um, something from the DNR, and they said that deer are attracted to the blooms. Oh. They, they can smell them, and they will, once they've found them, they will continue to come back. Oh. And um, what happens is um, most plants can recover if the deer come once and eat them back. But if they come like three times in a row, they won't survive. They're, oh, okay. they're going to die, especially the lady slippers. So we keep thinking, uh, you know, what is this that we don't see the lady slippers? Well, that's we have so many deer now. And, uh, you know, our ravine behind us here, Don Gordon used to bring his biology classes up there. Now, there weren't uh, lady slippers there, but there were other things, and uh, I've been up and down the, the hills there now, and, and those things are just gone. What's there um, is just um, uh, a lot of under underbrush and things like that, understory plants that are just brushy, and, mm. and that's because 
the deer live down there. They they just they've lost their habitat and they moved into these ravines, and you won't find wildflowers there anymore. The only one of the wildflowers I planted in my yard here in in Mankato in my shade garden, I bought it. I think I might have been through a catalog. Was was trillium? Because when we grew up, we had a little woods of trilliums by our farm that was just thousands, thousands, and thousands. It was just white with trilliums, and so I took it for granted that they were everywhere. Well, they really aren't. We just happen to have a great patch. But I planted one one plant and. And I, I thought I'd lost it, but then a couple of years later it came back up, and I think now I've got three. So they, they don't spread really fast, but when they come up, I'm just delighted, and I read somewhere that they don't like to be transplanted. So I'm just leaving them there, and they can do their thing. Yeah, right. You know, I ordered um, Dutchman's Bridges and Shooting Star and, um, what's the other, Hepatica, from, from a catalog, and... Uh, uh, and Virginia bluebells, and I was surprised. Um, I put them under my red osier dogwood tree mm-hmm. shrubs, big shrubs, and they seemed to like it there. And uh, the Virginia bluebells are pretty; they're really pretty good about moving around. And if you have an in an area where there's more space available. Uh, they will find they'll find a space that you'll let them go to seed and they will find a space and they will move around that is really one of my favorite spring plants if you um, are at a reputable dealer and we know there are many uh, Virginia bluebells really reward you they start out purple or lavender and then they become pink and uh, eventually um, like all ephemerals they 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 die, and they disappear. Yep. And that's what people don't like about a lot of these spring plants is um, they, they don't have beautiful foliage afterwards. They, they don't last long. They simply disappear. Barb, going, that's precisely yeah. why I like them, because they do disappear, and then it makes way for other things I can plant around them that take over their place and fill in the space. And that's the one thing I really enjoy about them, because I can plant those, those like you said, the spring ephemerals. They, they come up in the spring. They're beautiful. They, they do their thing, and then they you know die off. And then my other plants, whether it's hostas or whatever, take over and fill in that space. And that's the one thing I like about it, because it continues yeah. that the color and the, the movement. And so... Yeah, I guess you got to kind of plan for that. Yeah, you you really do. I mean, and it's I think it's worth that big burst of color right away because when when they're doing that, then the the uh, tulips, the early tulips start blooming, uh, the purple hyacinths are blooming, uh, the later daffodils are blooming. I mean, all of these things go together to make this beautiful display. I was looking through my picture drawer, drawer, and I found some pictures from uh, May 6th, and, and that was a couple years ago, and everything was, uh, uh, the wildflowers were blooming, the tulips were just in mass and blooming. It was one of those perfect springs, and even the flowering crab bloomed at the same time, and I managed to capture that all together, and, and you know, that year, the pollinators must have had a great time, especially the bees in my yard, because there was so much for them to uh, to munch on. Yeah, so... Uh, just It's just fun to, to see the spring flowers. And like you said, mine are coming up, Barb. And 
Now yep. is not. I have heard people on these gardening sites say, "Where can I buy tulip bulbs? Where can I buy daffodil bulbs? Yeah, I right. wanna, I wanna, you know, have some this spring." But got to yeah. keep reminding people, those are the bulbs you plant in the fall. So they don't sell them now. They sell them the things they sell now. You know, are like the the Asiatic lilies or the cannas or things like that that you plant now. So if they're not on sale now, that's because you're not supposed to plant them now. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. You know, when you think that the crop for that is dug a year in advance too, and then uh, in the fall they have to have that long cooling period. Yep. And without that, they just you can get them to grow, but you won't get them to bloom. So. Yeah, that that can be a real problem for people to understand. But uh, if things are looking good outside, uh, uh, it seems like, uh, you know, the trees and the shrubs are looking, everything's looking healthy. It doesn't have leaves yet, but I don't have any broken branches or anything like that. So I'm, I'm really, really happy about that. And it's still okay. You can still get some pruning done if you need to. The things haven't yep. uh, leafed out yet. So if you haven't done that yet, I, I it was funny about my neighbor lady had a get together last night just for all the neighbors to meet and she introduced me as her gardener because we live right next door and I'll oh, be yes. I'll be <laughs> seen next door pruning her stuff and she'll pick out the window she goes are you working on my yard Karen and I'm like oh yeah I'm just pruning and she's okay with it usually should ask but um you know I'm just it's just one of those things that if you're not a gardener which she admittedly says I'm not and you don't know what to do it's good to have someone who who knows and and maybe can help out yeah, I agree. It really, really is. And, you know, Saturday at the library, oh yes, we have a great program coming up. Um, I think it's Greg Abbott talking about trees and uh, uh, what's going to be hardy with the change in climate. That program starts at 10 a.m. with registration. I should say the registration starts at 10 a.m. and then he speaks at 10.30. And... Uh, He's going to bring a lot of new information, and what I love about these programs, there's always a time to ask questions. If there's things you've been wondering about, or if you think, wow, I mean, what kind of a tree do I plant now? Now that we're losing all the ash trees, what would be a good choice? This, This is the kind of information he's going to bring to us. Now, is he the, the only speaker this Saturday? No, we also have um, another speaker, uh, Joyce Wilcox, is going to be talking about uh, whatever happened to Grandma's uh, flowers, and she's going to be talking about new plants and things. And then after her, we have a speaker that's going to be talking about herbs, uh, what to grow and, and what to do with them. So that's, that's our first Saturday, and we hope people will come. We have door prizes, and uh, we just love to meet people, too. And it's, and it's free. That's the thing. And if you want to find out more information, the uh, Master Gardeners do have, in here in Mankato, do have a, a Facebook you can update, uh, check things uh, that are updated regularly. It's called the Master Gardeners of Minnesota Valley. That's what you have to Google on the Facebook to find it. And I was just looking. I see uh, Joyce Wilcox, one of our uh, volunteers just pr- did a presentation at the Mankato Salvation Army. So, you know, sure. b- the um, gardeners <clears throat> do volunteer and go out and educate, and I'm going to be doing one coming up, and, and I know you... Do you have one, or have you just done yeah, some? I have... Uh, well, on the 14th, I'm at Vine. Okay. And um, I'm going to be talking about spring flowers and uh, where to find them and 
the general location, not the exact location. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, uh, Barb Maher will be doing that program with me. So I hope uh, that you show up for that. Right. Uh, and you uh, and you always got great information. And uh, and I know that even sometimes some... you you give away plants and things sometimes. I don't know if this is one of those. Probably not because your strawberries aren't ready yet, are they? No, they're not. And uh, uh, we're not. We are going to give away seed packets. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, we have we have plenty of seed packets and things for people to choose from. Uh, I have a grid that I put together where people can uh, easily, when they're going out and taking these walks and looking for wildflowers or anything, they can fill in the time and the place. And and um, so uh, we have. <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> we, we have oh. a lot of lot of information yeah and you know take advantage of it like you said this this weekend why not you got some time you want to learn some and it's too wet to get outside so you might as well come in in uh, learn things um how to do it right yes and um something i found in my reading and i just thought you might get a kick out of this you know we talk about calories and, and nutrition a lot <laughs> excuse me and did you know that a stock of rhubarb only has 11 calories <laughs> And it is loaded with vitamins. But who's going to chew on a stock of rhubarb uh, barb? Because, you know, if I'm going to eat it, I'm going to eat it in a pie. And then by that time, it's got so much sugar in it that... <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, when I was a child, okay, as soon as the rhubarb came up, we would pick a big stock. We'd cut off that, uh, the um, green part of it, and we'd go in and get a little container of sugar. Oh. And we would dip our stock of of uh, rhubarb in that and we'd eat and suck and munch on it and my mother would say you can you can have that but you have to stay outside with it it's oh. so messy but <laughs> it was it was the first thing that we picked in the garden it was just wonderful we loved it and, and there went the 11 calories they were no longer just 11 yeah that's right but oh. just think of all the vitamins oh too. absolutely well great it's great chatting with you barb you uh, have a great weekend we'll be back again next week hey take care we'll see you saturday okay, okay? thank you bye-bye, bye-bye. All right, lots of great things happening. Barb is always wonderful to chat with. And if you have any questions, you can always text those or call us here, and we will get them answered related to gardening. It is 10 o'clock, and you are listening to a minister.